his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. WTIC News Talk 1080. Yo, WTIC, thanks for being here. All right, how about uh, we get some rants started? I'm dying to get some rants started. I was dismayed to read, including in the presumably right-wing Wall Street Journal, that striking down Roe v. Wade was eliminating a constitutional right to abortion. First of all, our Constitution does not grant rights. God does that. What the Constitution does is guarantee them for us. Second, our Constitution never mentioned anything about abortion, let alone guaranteeing any right to abortion. And finally, the striking down of Roe versus Wade should be viewed as being significant, not because of abortion, but because the Supreme Court admitted that it has no business establishing laws. Anyone considering themselves to be a true liberal should be delighted that the Supreme Court decreed that law should only be created by our elected officials, while the Supreme Court's function should be limited to ensuring that such laws adhere to our Constitution. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. That was brilliant. Another awesome interview with George Colley last week. Uh, the standout for me was when George pointed out how frequently our elected leaders use the word historic, historically, uh, while patting themselves on the back. Well, I want to remind everybody that Ned Lamont did something so historic back in February. I guarantee you no other governor in the history of the United States had ever accomplished this. He goes on an economic development trip to Israel. He meets with two company heads that do business with his wife, Annie Lamont. Never been done before. And again, Connecticut's media historically didn't cover this event. They didn't go on the trip, and when he got back, asked no questions at all. They do love historic. I don't know what all the fuss is about this Roe v. Wade. I mean, it only affects heterosexuals. So with all this uh, non-binary, cisgender, whatever it is, <laughs> I don't pay attention. But uh, it doesn't affect them, so what's the big to-do? That Thank is, you. Have that, a good night. That's a wonderful question. Why do they care about some? Well, they do say it's pregnancy doesn't have to do with heterosexuals. Don't they say that? It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. 
Good afternoon, WTIC. I, uh, well, when you're in the talk radio business, you get lots of pitches from publicity people who have guests who they want to get on your show to help them sell books or whatever. And I don't book a lot of them, but there can be some fascinating people and fascinating subjects. And the person joining us now, David Elcott, has uh, is the co-author of a book called Faith and Nationalism and the Future of Liberal D- Democracy. But what caught my interest here was the idea that that people who want to manipulate us use religion as a way to achieve the manipulation. And that's what David Elcott is here to talk about. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. David, thank you for joining us on WTIC. Great being with you. Thanks. So, what is your concern about? I, I'm fascinated with the nefarious ways that government relates to us on a regular basis, trying to polarize us and and uh, get us off balance in terms of what our beliefs are and and what we want to see happen in our society. What is it that concerns you about how religion is manipulated? So the language I use to talk about this is is religious identity, because the reality is in many cases the very people who are using religious symbols to fuel polarization and conflict themselves are not particularly religious. And it turns out that, for example, let's talk about something like the Tea Party uh, in America and that movement. It turned out that even though they used religious symbols, under half the mem- the people who associated with it ever went to church. So, so we want to distinguish between religious folk, people who are following their faith and are, are believers and doing good in the world, distinguish between those people and those who use religion, religion and the, the symbols and the religious identity to actually assault democracy, come up with an alternative to democratic processes by using religious religion as a means to fuel this the, the conflict. And that's not just in America. That's all over the world. We see that in India. We saw that in Israel. We see that in Indonesia. We see that in Europe. So it's, it's a, real, um, a real question about how we talk about it, because we don't want to undermine people of faith. The but how is, is it if... Um... I just I'm curious just because I spent time in doing some tea party events and mixing with people in the crowd and such and it never seemed maybe because I was in the northeast but I never saw those religious appeals that I can recall but I would also question if there's something wrong with mentioning religion and values that you know people hold and and just because they don't go to church doesn't mean that they're not impactful belief systems does it um yes and no uh, like I said, it really depends on the way that religion is being used. If religion is being used to do good in the world, which means to, in the, in the case of Christianity, compassion, you know, to do what Jesus did in terms of 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 caring for those most in the most vulnerable, those most oppressed, right? And to think about compassion in humanity, then those who would instead use use Christian symbols as triumphalist symbols, as, tri- as calls to, to violence, or calls to say that God 
wants America to be in a certain way, and therefore we should undermine the democratic processes. Or in India, where Hinduism would be used to undermine the rights of Muslims in that country, or in Indonesia, where Islam is used to undermine the rights of of Christians in that country, or in other words, in other words, um, uh, it really has to do with the way that religion is used. Certainly, not the idea of people of faith at all. Mm-hmm. That would be no way would be what we're talking about. In fact, much of the book actually tries to provide theological bases for supporting and defending democracy and the democratic processes, and for for caring for people even different from yourselves. Okay, can can you give another example that that I I might be able to get my head around? I, well, I think I think for look the the most graphic example for us was was um, and it's not that I want to it's just this is an easy example when President Trump walked across the park stands in front of a church he doesn't attend holds up a Bible with a very serious face upside down and uses that symbol to try to mobilize people against his opponents, that would be a graphic example of the misuse of religious symbols for purposes other than the values that one would want to... Okay, so I I think I understand you there, because in that case, the book is acting as a a, uh, symbol of a group rather than a symbol of belief systems. Right, or during the insurrection that took place last January... The same thing that there a year ago, January, the same thing that there were crosses there or Jesus there at the same time that people were breaking through the Capitol and attacking the, the people trying to defend the Capitol, the Capitol Police. So that would be another example of the same thing. Or in India, where in the name of Hinduism, they would tear down a Muslim a Muslim shrine, you know, brick by brick, and then build there a museum to Hinduism, right? So there, Hinduism, it's not about the religion, it's about the symbols that one can, um, that one can see in, in the destruction and then the reconstruction that takes place um, of, a, of a Hindu monument instead of the Muslim one that was there before. All right, we're talking with David Elcott. The book is Faith, Nationalism, and the Future of Liberal Democracy. But but it sounds to me that this is a critique of politics and how it works, that they seek to find uh, symbols of identity and then make people feel that they have to do something because of their identity, and that, that this would apply to religion and other schemes of identity as well, like our personal identities. Well, it's one form of personal identity, but let, let, let's, um, you know, if we, can, if we can focus this in thinking about why this arose in Europe, uh, in America, and, and there the language is the great m- replacement theory, the idea that others, whoever these others are, whether they're Muslims coming from Syria or Africans going north into Europe or people coming from the south, south of our border, breaking into the country, that all of these are examples of, of those cultures trying to replace our Christian culture, in the case of Europe as well, the Christian culture. So, again, it wasn't about 
the Christianity of Europe. It was about, rather, the sense that Europe is its history, its identity as Christian, even if people themselves are not in any way religious, as is the case, for example, in England, where only 8% of people go to church, and it's about the same, let's say, in Germany and France. Yet somehow we want to uphold this identity against, and in the case against whoever the other is who's coming into our culture. It's particularly strange in America, because America, unlike, let's say, some of the countries in the world, America is a country only of immigrants. Uh, even Native Americans came across into this, into our continent. There was no, no birth that took place initially in America. So that we are all people coming together from all over the world. So it's ironic that there would be this sense that we have to defend Christian America from the hordes that are invading us, when in fact, historically, that has been exactly who we've always been. But, uh, but most of the immigration problem we have in this country is, is people being celebrated for violating our laws at the southern border. They happen to be Christians. Absolutely, and that's so, the irony of it. So I right. don't understand the, the point you're making. So, the, for example, when the Irish and the Italians first came to this country in the 1870s, 1880s, a little bit earlier for the Irish, uh, there was this anti-Catholic assault and you, you actually have uh, in magazines pictures of what looks like crocodiles or alligators coming onto the American shore, but the heads are really the bishop's mitres, right? If you can visually imagine that. So in that case, it was, it was Catholics coming in to undermine Protestant America. So, so sectarian. Right. So it's a similar, it's a similar type of theme. Yes, even though they're, they're, um, Latino, even though they are Catholic, the fact is somehow they are not of the whole of our Christian culture. In the case of America, it's Christian. Yeah, but I see no evidence of, uh, you know, I do conservative talk radio. I don't right. see any evidence of people feeling hostility over some kind of uh, vibration of difference amongst Latinos. And I think you will see now that Latinos are starting to move towards voting for conservatives rather than for leftists, that you will find a great welcome from the conservative side, and but no change on the feeling about immigration, that people should come into the country legally, and that we should take as many people in the country as we feel like we need from the places and, and prepared to celebrate citizenship in this country. Uh, the best they can to meet our needs. I, I don't. Sure. I don't. I. So, I fear you're falling for liberal talking points that aren't. Accurate. No. No. Actually, this isn't. This isn't an issue of actually liberal or conservative at all. This is, as I said, the use of of religious symbols that that assaults democracy, the liberal democracy that we hold. So, Christians coming from northern countries of Europe, there was never any question, even though. Many of them will be coming into this country, overstaying their their um, visas as well. But you don't hear the language that was used to describe people coming from Africa who are Christian or people come from Latin America who are Christian. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah, that but be, I, I would just say, you know, because you've you've hit me with a with with a more than one. Um, what sound like kind of cliche talking points from the left? The 
there is a problem with having a celebration from Democrats over the idea of forcing uh, forcing Americans to accept as permanent residents people who, according to our laws, should be deported. Right. And so I'm not. So, again, you, we're, we're not. Dis, we're not disagreeing. We're not disagreeing. I'm not talking about immigration policy. I'm talking about the language used. Mm-hmm. Right. One can say that America needs to have serious um, reform of immigration to make it clear who can come in, who can't, under what circumstances. Absolutely. There's no, the idea kind of having open borders. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about here is the ways that you mobilize a population. That's really the issue. And I want to I be clear that my colleagues who are, um, we may disagree on many policy issues when it comes to the defense of liberal democracy, which is respect for the uniqueness in, in our case in America, of being an immigrant country with so much diversity, that that, comes, that support comes from some of the people who are the most politically conservative people I know. They just don't want religion to be confused with the symbols that are used to mobilize people towards, towards anti-other violence or anti-other speech or anti-other attitudes. So that's really, we're not here talking about any particular policy at all. We're rather talking about whether we can find a way to accommodate the diversity in this country without polarizing the country in the name of religion. Mm -hmm. So what's the example of the language that is used? Because this is the other place I'm not connecting, just because I haven't heard this language. Um, of, of uh, that you're describing, you know, the sort of religious. Well, I can give you, I can give you an example. Again, this example of of um, in, in West Virginia, in the capital, of West Virginia, you know, the mayor wanted to change from talking about the Christmas parade to a winter parade, and that was because of the great diversity in town. And she was, she was, of course, critiqued for that. And I can appreciate the issue of the critique, but it was coming from people. It turns out only a third of the people regularly, the Christians there regularly go to church. So as an example, something else was being tapped into in the concern about the loss of Christmas, the language of Christmas as being, this is who we are. So there was something lost in that that wasn't about my concern about my faith, and my concern about Christian traditions of Christmas, but there was something else going on there about about who belongs, whose identity matters, and I think that's what I'm trying to tap into, uh, tap into the concern here. Um, there is a great tradition in the founding of America, and it's complicated for us, which is America is a covenantal entity that America was founded by Christians fleeing European persecution to come here and to see America as the new Israel, as the covenantal manifestation of the promise of the Bible. And, I, and that's complicated because then we all are engaged in the moral character of America. Yeah. I'm sorry, happened, I've got to hold you right there, David, sure. because we're out of time. But David Elcott... Okay. 
It's an interesting conversation. I don't agree with hardly anything you said, but but I wanted to let you get it out That's and uh, let Thank let you. people absorb it. Faith nationalism in the future of what? What's the rest of the title, David? Liberal democracy. All right. Thank you so much for being here, David Alcott on WTIC. We'll talk a little about it when we continue. something from the Todd Feinberg show listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast hey 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 who used to say that Fat Albert right can't talk yes, about him it anymore is Fat Albert. I forgot forgot that's Bill Cosby Rick and Cheshire what's going on Rick his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast good afternoon Todd. great show as always i have a message for my fellow conservatives here in the state of connecticut i'm a 50 year old man didn't pay a lot of attention to politics until i started a family about 15 years ago the more I paid attention to it, the more I realized why I was a conservative. And whether you, Democrat or Republican, whether you like Donald Trump or not, whether you like his style or you don't, I think what he did, he, he brought back, well, he actually didn't bring back, he, he showed Republicans how to fight 
and don't care what the left's going to say about you because they're going to say it anyway. You can't argue with his policies, border security, law and order, energy independence, focus on the Constitution. But what he really did, I think, I think that he, he, the America First candidates that are out there, the young, younger, moving forward Republicans are really, really the, the way of the future. And I really think that they're going to stay around for a while. I don't think they're in it for the, for the reasons a lot of other Republicans got into it and Democrats and politicians. I think they're, they're in it for the right reasons because they love their country and they can't stand what's happening daily. Well, so I'm, I'm with you on all that. But what's interesting about it, Rick, is that I think Donald Trump was able to do that because in his the brutal way that he he communicates politically you know the harshness with uh with with which he speaks about his opponents and mocking people and some of the comments that were you know right between the eyes that made him unique that energized and motivated groups of people who who were alienated from the political process and didn't vote it motivated them to vote Absolutely. and 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 what's interesting about that is that means that in order to duplicate what trump was able to accomplish on a policy level you have to be able to activate those same voters there just aren't enough voters for republicans in a lot of cases otherwise and that creates a dilemma how do you win a national election if you're not Donald Trump how exactly do you bridge the gap between the people who express loyalty to Donald Trump and those who distance themselves and I well, think the answer to that is in what um, DeSantis is doing the DeSantis has found a way to talk with some of the the adamants that Trump speaks and makes it feel like he's coming from the same place as Trump and will motivate those voters. And that's the challenge that I think Republicans are trying to come to terms with. Yeah, well, I, I certainly agree with that. I mean, they're, they're, they're policy-wise, are almost identical. And I struggle with it myself as far as where I want to see. If Donald Trump comes back and runs, I don't want them, I don't want them trying to primary. I don't want them fighting it out, or do I want DeSantis now? I think that because of the way that things are so, so bad right now, that Trump comes back, he's he's going to win, and then and then we move on to eight years of DeSantis because I, it's it's I, I think that's the way it's going. I think we need Trump to get out of this bad, horrible mess. I know that DeSantis is more electable mm-hmm. as far as to from a Democrat perspective. A Democrat will way more likely come over to DeSantis as opposed to coming back to Trump or go to Trump. So why isn't DeSantis a better choice than Trump? I think. Why do I think he is? I think he's a better. I think he's a more appealing choice. To yes, but then why wouldn't you favor him over Trump? Because I want. Because I'd like to get the extra four years. I'd like to get four of yeah, But four don't you Trump think you're being a little greedy? That's not yeah, how our system I, works. We we get one. I'm sorry, I'm out of time for the segment. But we get people for one or two terms, and then we're done. We don't get three terms in a row of a single party generally, especially not in this atmosphere. I don't think. Thank you, Rick, for the call, though. Interesting point that you're making.
back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, it's Monday. This time on Mondays, we talk to Chris Powell from the Journal Inquirer. Chris is all thinking about bears this weekend. Hey, Chris. Hey, Todd. There are too many bears, it seems, don't you think? Uh, well, two weeks ago, uh, one tried to uh, break into some houses in, uh, in Canton, I guess, and actually did get into, uh, into one. Uh, it was uh, fatally euthanized by the uh, environmental uh, police, and uh, it had three cubs trailing it. And all those three were uh, tranquilized, too. One of them died. The other two were taken away to be relocated. Um, but the, uh, the point here is that uh, while this bear was particularly aggressive, unusually aggressive, actually got into the house and was confronted, confronted by the teenage girl who uh, lived there, um, bears are really kind of overtaking the state. Uh, it's not just up in you know Litchfield County and northern Fairfield County anymore. It's uh, across the Connecticut River uh, in towns like East Haddam and, and Old Saybrook. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of bear sightings out there uh, uh, now as well. And nevertheless, uh, the legislature doesn't want to do anything about it, particularly doesn't want to have any kind of uh, bear hunting season. Uh, they just want to uh, let the uh, the bears uh, grow more numerous in, uh, in Connecticut until, uh, you know, presumably there'll be dozens of bears in every town and everybody will be trying to shoot them into his neighbor's yards and the towns will be trying to shoot them across the town line and um, this is the logical uh, result of the inevitable result of, of the legislature's uh, uh, reluctance to uh, uh, legislate a, a bear hunting season uh, but I just think that uh, anybody's against a bear hunting season is has got to ask every town how many how many bears do you want? But don't you think there's the interesting part for me of this story is that there seems to be a narrow range of interest amongst politicians on both sides for the nature of an issue that they will engage in, and that seems to be only if it it, it tweaks a, a particular nerve on particular kinds of voters. So environmentalists, I guess, or uh, suburban moms might be horrified by the idea of the shooting of a of a bear, and therefore Democrats who align with those types of voters and want their votes and want them energized won't do anything, no matter how badly it's needed and how good it would be on a policy basis. They're not offering a substitute solution, I don't think, are they? Uh, no, they're <laughs> just trying to... Uh ignore it and stay on the good side of the uh, animal rights uh, activists. Uh, but uh, again, we've, we've got to anticipate problems, and this is a growing problem uh, that legislators, uh, on the whole, don't want to look at. Now, the uh, legislators who represent farmers in the northwest part of the state uh, 
they hear the farmers complaining about all the damage the bears are doing to uh, to crops and to uh, to animals, and you know they're very responsive. Those legislators, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but uh, you know the suburbanites that uh, haven't seen a lot of bears roaming around yesterday, they you know they don't like uh, shooting an animal that at a distance looks very cute. Um, I don't know if I, I don't get that though. If if my if I had a four year old who I wanted to think could play outside safely. I would be pretty shaken by the idea that there are bears roaming the neighborhood. Well, we don't we don't have quite enough bears yet in suburban na- neighborhoods. The, uh, <laughs> but coming soon. Uh, yeah. you know, when that when that happens, I mean, we'll reach a threshold when enough people have been scared or uh, annoyed or inconvenienced by uh, the bears. And you know, whenever a bears in you know in the area, the school has to shut down, the neighborhood has to shut down, and. Uh, you know, it can be very inconvenient, but uh, that is going to happen. It is increasingly happening. And the question is, can we, you know, anticipate this and do something to, you know, prevent the problem? Or, you know, do we do we have to wait until every town in the state has, you know, 20 or 30 bears? Well, I think the the trajectory is something bad, really bad will happen. Some innocent will suffer a catastrophic injury. And then all of a sudden... The sleeping, pandering legislators of one particular party will be running around saying, "Oh, we've got to keep people safe." Yeah, well, uh, you know, we we should be having, uh, you know, that uh, that discussion right now. Uh, you know, can can we anticipate danger? Can we, you know, prevent danger? Uh, yeah, and we can't now. because our political system is locked up in this, and and, and that's the. That, to me, is what, as I read your column, that's what, we're talking to Chris Powell, that's what stood out to me, is that we have a frozen political system, because if you're not, if the thing that's offending people is doesn't line up with your political affiliations, then you just ignore it in this new America. Well, look, a lot of our problems come down to a lack of courage on the part of our our elected officials, uh, but you know, our, our elected officials uh, reflect uh, the people who who elect them. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people who <laughs> would not want a bear running around, uh, you know, at their kids' school or running around in their their yard, but they're not, you know, ready to uh, stand up and say, "Look, we got we got to shoot these things before they take over." Uh, uh, you know, it's not not pleasant. Uh, you know, bears are. Are, are animals and uh, animals are, are are generally popular, but uh, you know, sorry, these are particularly dangerous animals, uh, and all the uh, you know remedies offered by the animal rights people uh, here. Oh, you know, you make your your trash can lids uh, tighter and take down your bird. Yeah, right. Like that's that, going to happen. You know, that is not going to stop their progression across the state. You know, it may may keep a bear out of your yard, but it's not going to keep a bear out of your town. All right. So you always uh, you also Chris Powell had a uh, in the same column. I like how you sometimes split your column up and and do multiple topics and don't write more than what's necessary for the particular subject that you're on. But you also mentioned the idea of certain a certain type of person being vulnerable to the misuse of guns and, and causing one of these mass shootings to take place. And Tell us what your thinking is about, about how gun checks might work better. Well, you know, we, we have a lot of disturbed young men in, in the country. Uh, I think the underlying problem is 
is the lack of parenting we have. Uh, at least a third of the kids in the country are growing up in a in a home without a father, and uh, those kids are, you know, much more likely to uh, suffer uh, physical and mental uh, health problems and fail in school. Uh, we really don't. Uh, uh, examine the welfare system's uh, uh, perpetration of this problem, but uh, uh, you know, background checks are, you know, they're very, very helpful in in some respects. But uh, like most of the <laughs> the prescriptions that have been offered in in response to the uh, the massacres in in, in Buffalo and uh, Uvalde. Uh, background checks really would have had no application to uh, uh, to those situations because the uh, uh, the young men uh, who are the perpetrators there uh, did not have any kind of uh, uh, criminal record, at least uh, no public criminal record that the uh, uh, the government could have found out about. So yeah, let's have you know background checks. You know, sure, but uh, that's not really going to. Uh, address very much of the prime fact. I, I think everything in the new federal legislation, uh, uh, you know, has something for it, but it, it doesn't. Uh, none of it addresses the you know the the recent mass murders. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it's it's I, I can't fault the people who voted for it. It's you know all that was politically possible in uh, in Congress uh, right now, but. Uh, uh, it was, you know, the, the the new law is responding, you know, not not so much to uh, uh, the uh, necessity of diminishing these uh, uh, these these massacres as much as to the political necessity for Congress to be seen to uh, to do something. And if it's relevant, that's nice. But if it's if it's not relevant, that's all right too, as long as Congress can be seen to do something. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's where the math leads on that one all right chris thank you for being here good to talk with you thank you todd chris powell from the journal inquirer on wtic 860-522-9842 mike calling from plainville hi mike hi the previous speaker you had on earlier before this gentleman oh the last half hour you mean uh, oh my god his lips were moving but he wasn't saying it saying much well, he thought he was, but I couldn't get a handle on it. The guy, I don't know, maybe he's climbing back into his think tank right now. But I hope so, because he needs a little reprogramming. I, I, gotta, I was going to say, have you ever seen a commercial uh, for progressive insurance with Flo and the, the woman that comes to the door with the baby? Uh, you know, I hear about Flo all the time, but I don't, I don't focus on the well, ads. She too talks much. so much, the baby falls asleep. Oh, okay. And probably a lot of the <laughs> listeners fell asleep before the dinner time. All right, Mike. Anything else? No. Yeah, there is one more thing. I think Trump, when he called uh, Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas, I think he was flattering her. Yeah, that was a. Uh... Which which she didn't doesn't deserve any flattery. Whatsoever. Well, I I think she took it as an insult, so it worked out fine. Thank you, Mike. Eight six zero five two two WTIC. Those uh, who believe that fossil fuels is killing everything in all of nature, I want you to take observation and look as you cross the Charter Oak Bridge, as you approach Route 2, there's a power tower painted with black and white. At the very top is an eagle's nest. And now through the next month or so, you can observe that eagle watch and hatch for eggs. 
and the little eaglets start to pick through the nest. And eventually, by uh, the end of the summer, they'll be flying away. So for those who are uh, lovers of uh, the environment and the birds, enjoy the nest. Good story, Juan. I'm picturing that eagle. Vivid. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Governor Ned Lamont here. And with me, I got a special guest today. It's Lieutenant Governor. She's a Lieutenant Governor. Susan Bysowicz. Here you go, Susie. It's your chance to shine. Oh, good afternoon. This is Lieutenant Governor Susan Bysowicz. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. That was great. She's a great Lieutenant Governor. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, just she, she's just another one of us. Another one of us here in the state of Connecticut. Remember us at election time. Have a great day, everyone. Love the governor. Hey, Todd, this is Jerry from Naugatuck. And uh, first it was the, the ability to, to carry a concealed weapon. And now today the Supreme Court uh, with the abortion issue uh, uh, over overthrowing it. This is just the beginning of the, black, of the backlash. You know, people are sick and tired of these liberals, socialists, communists, whatever you want to call them, that are undermining this country. And if they begin the, the days of rage and riot ahead, they all ought to be arrested and, and fined because uh, this is uh, the beginning of the, of the backlash for America First policies, common sense policies that yeah. uh, Biden and all these uh, Pelosi and Schumer, all these liberal idiots, this is all on them. I guess the protests didn't work. You know, they, they thought that those protests were going to uh, uh, defer uh, the decision. I'm glad they got a good swift kick in the pants. The Thanks days, for everything you do, Todd. The days of rage and riot. I like it. Uh, my name is Helen, and I live in West Hartford, and my rent is the death tax. I have had a job since I was 16. I have paid taxes for 70 years, Yikes. and when I die, they're going to put a tax on top of a tax for all of those years, and I think that that is ridiculous. The state of Connecticut has you coming and, and? going and going and gone. Oh, that is beautiful, because he's the tax man. Yeah, Ned's the tax man. And you're working for no one but him. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.